What's up, everybody? This is Eric Nam. Welcome to the K-Pop Taebok Show. I hope you guys are doing well, and I hope that you are safe and that you are healthy. Um, and I'm sure many of you know that this is the first episode in a few weeks because last week, Dive Studios decided as a whole to not put out any content in solidarity um, with the current movement right now in the States and also globally uh, for racial justice and equality. And... Um, we felt that it was the right thing to do, and we hope that you are on board with us because this is an incredibly important and pivotal time in our lives, um, not only for our generation, but for future generations, because this is an issue that has gone ignored and without action for far too long. So we uh, obviously did not put out any content. We are back this week, but we are back because we also outside of just putting out a show, we wanted to send a message of encouraging everybody who listens, who is part of this dive family to get involved in whatever way you possibly can. If you're like me, um, you know, the past few weeks can be very dizzying and very confusing and very overwhelming and intense for, for various reasons. Not only are we in the midst of a pandemic, but we are also in the midst of a, a a huge cultural movement and shift that has been needing to happen for, for centuries and um, we are in the middle of going through right now. And so I think as an Asian, Asian American trying to understand what role do I play in this, what role do I play in this society and culture and how can we add in a positive and constructive way. Those are things that I've been kind of uh, thinking about internally and trying to be constructive in that sense. So um, one thing that I did want to share with all of you, and I'm sure you guys are already you know, seeing it all over social media and all over different places, but one thing that we're trying to do is encourage people to not only stand in solidarity, but if you are able to you know, consider donating to community funds that support the black community, black-owned businesses, um, funds to bail people out, um, and also, very important, to vote. A lot of states are going through elections right now, and obviously we have elections coming up in November. We need to register to vote. You need to register to vote because your vote is what's going to change and affect things. So... As we process these issues, as we process this movement that we're going through, um, I hope that you know I can add my two cents in ways that are constructive and add to the dialogue, and hopefully um, we can try to figure things out and improve the culture and improve our communities for the better through this dialogue. One thing I just I also did want to leave you guys with is I've been kind of searching for a way to kind of figure out where to donate to what actually impacts and what actually helps some of the causes that are going out there and i found an article that has an incredibly extensive list of places that you can donate and i think if you guys want to go in look through it find the one that means the most to you um, or the one that you really want to support consider donating um, and if you can't donate that's fine everybody's going through different things but just to be a vocal ally and a proponent for change I think is incredibly important. Anyways, that link, it's a little long, but it's nymag.com slash strategist slash article slash where to donate for Black Lives Matter. So like just search Google, 
New York Mac, NY Mac, where to donate for Black Lives Matters, right? And there is an incredible list. So please go there, check it out. And um, this episode of K-Pop Tabak, as well as the few upcoming episodes, they're all recorded pre all of this. So um, I know there's some of the stuff is lighter, some of the stuff is darker and deeper, but I just want to make sure that you guys have all the context for it. So anyways, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Please stay safe. Please continue to wash your hands. Support good people, community. Let's be nice to each other. And um, have a great week. Enjoy. Bye. This is the intro jingle. This is the K-Pop Devok Show with Eric Nam. Ooh. Ladies, gentlemen, girls, and boys, welcome to the K-Pop Devok Show. I'm your host, Eric Nam. And today we have a very special, very special uh, interview. A very special... Mm, conversation with a friend of mine. His name is Max. He is a singer-songwriter, and uh, he is an incredible performer, musician, like amazing. And uh, we caught up for the first time. Actually, um, we had been texting for a long time. We just been communicating over the internet, and uh, we found time out of our busy quarantine schedules to pretty much get together and have a conversation about life, about music, about his new album that's upcoming, and some collaborations with some incredible artists, including BTS Suga. So check it out. Here's a conversation. Here's some insight on how the song was put together, how his album was put together, and I hope you enjoy this interview conversation with Max, please be sure to subscribe to K-Pop Tabak and uh, leave us a nice rating and review and consider becoming a patron of ours at patreon.com slash dive studios. And of course, as always, there are videos available both on Patreon and YouTube at youtube.com slash dive studios as well. Now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Max. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, of the K-pop Tebak family. We have an incredible, incredibly talented singer, songwriter, performer here with us today. He is, and I quote, this, and if it's in quote, it means it's real. Multi-platinum <laughs> Sony recording artist Max, who has been labeled a young pop god by GQ. And I will agree with that. And uh, a top pop star to watch by Billboard and was nominated for Best New Pop Artist at the 2019 iHeartRadio Music Awards. But that is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to who this incredible human being is. I'm so excited to have my friend Max here. How are you, dude? Dude, thanks so much for having me. I'm great. I feel delish. I jumped in the shower as we just talked about right before this and I got right (laughs) out and I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to just dive in, baby. Let's go. Well, welcome to the show. I appreciate you making time. And, Thanks, you know, man. I was, before you jumped on, I was like, I wonder if he's going to wear yellow. And sure enough, you are wearing yellow. Of course. I, it's, I've committed to it so hardcore. But a big thing about that, I would say, you know, I started committing to yellow about a year ago when Love Me Less started for the album. Mm-hmm. And then I want to say I, I'm wearing it, I'm wearing it, I'm wearing it. And I, when I went to Korea for the first time and everybody wore yellow and every gift that was given was yellow and yellow mm-hmm. cakes and everything, I was like, oh, I'm staying with this baby. Let's go. <laughs> it, was like, it was my sign from the universe to just uh-huh. stay with it for the record. But it de- it's definitely had moments where my wife's like, can you just not wear yellow today? Can you wear like black or something else? <laughs> like, and uh, I'm like, I got to commit, baby. Let's go. What is like the, the most extreme thing that you have in yellow at this point? Oh my gosh. Well, I have like, like the a f- weirdest thing. Yeah. Ooh, the weirdest thing. I would, I mean, I have a, f- I have full like pajama suits in yellow, oh, of wow. course. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying, what, what else? I mean, I have 
even things have crept into my life. Like I have a giant yellow blanket sitting not too far from here. And it wasn't even a part of the theme. It just is here and it's a giant yellow blanket. But I wouldn't say anything too weird. Is there anything okay. super weird? Yellow? Anyway, continue. There's nothing super, super <laughs> just, weird. Just manifested yellow into every part of your life. Pretty much. Like I'll look, I feel like I see it everywhere. It's like anything mm. that happens in your life. When something happens, then you see everybody with it, you know? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel you. I feel Yeah, man. Well, uh, I, how have you been doing? You know, you're, I know you've been isolated with, you know, a few people. Um, you've yeah, still yeah. been writing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, but how have you been doing? I'm doing well, man. Honestly, I, I'm grateful to, to have the little quarantine. It's funny because, you know, a lot of people don't, but literally right when quarantine started, we were supposed to get together and, and write. And then I, that was the week that things really got crazy in the States. That was the yeah. week. And and I, my parents are a little older. They're, my mom is 68. So like mm. it, I took, took it very, because I see them every day with, with my wife. So it's like, mm-hmm. I took it pretty seriously right away. And yeah. I remember in the beginning how, yeah, just people weren't, not everybody. My One of my best friends was like, I'm at the gym. It's cool. Don't worry about it. And then the next day he's like, I really shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. I should have listened to you, <laughs> you know? But I, I feel grateful now because I'm with my I'm with my people. We're still able mm-hmm. to create and be creative. And I know you have your squad too. How you doing? You feeling, you've got, you've got your fam. Your, I'm good. Your We're brother. just working. We're just yeah. writing, podcasting, writing other stuff, just living life. You know, I feel like, this is a, a situation that everybody in the world is in and we just got to make sure that we we do the best we can with it. What else can we do? Right? Totally. It's definitely so. a good time to reflect on whether whether it's your way of doing it is to be productive, like trying to be productive mm-hmm. or if it's just a time to reflect. My, my, my wife always, she's very spiritual. And so yeah. I, my way to deal with something like this is just to try to like get ahead of it, try to uh-huh. create. And I'm, I'm sure you're being the same way. Um, but sometimes she reminds me to just like yesterday, just take a no phone day and yeah. really soak in yeah. just this time in our life, which sometimes I, I think I get scared of it because when I really sit down with it, sometimes it makes it very real. And that mm-hmm. that 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 creeps in where it's like, man, I want to play a show. We're not going to get to play shows for a few years. You know, I don't want to make this sad right now, but it's, it's it is. There's some sad yeah. parts and there's also brilliantly happy things that come from it where you get to. You write more and create more. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you completely. Um, so, I mean, I think for a lot of our listeners, um, they may be like, why is Max on a K-pop <laughs> podcast show? And, you know, to provide some context, I guess, uh, Max, you went out to Korea for the first time earlier this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, first time. Um, and you played a show there. What was that, January? That was in January. Yep. Right? Because I, we I wanted to link up, but I was on tour in Asia. Mm-hmm. And then you ha- we just missed each other. Um, but I guess since then, like, I feel like you've made a lot of friends in the K-pop area. Mm -hmm. Um, and you had a great show in Korea. What was that experience like for you? Oh, it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. I mean, I, I, I knew I had been told it was going to blow my mind, but it obviously nothing's like it until you actually experience it. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just for one, there's just an attention to detail and I'm such an obsessive compulsive person. And I feel Mm -hmm. like Korean fans, K-pop fans, they, they know, they know it all. You can't, Mm -hmm. and I I can't lie either. I have, I, I'm like, you know, I've done some acting stuff, but I'm, I legitimately cannot lie to people. So I love that, that Korean fans see through, (laughs) like they know if you're, they know if you're faking it. And I Uh love, I think I just love the transparency. Like, 
They tell you how they feel. At the show, it was so nice. People were just so obviously kind, but more so than that, they were so just transparent about if they had just started listening to the music yesterday and liked it, uh-huh. or they they really did start a month ago. And I feel like there's fans around the world where sometimes they feel like they have to like give you a story so they can connect. But uh-huh. sometimes just a fan t- telling you, yo, I, I started listening to music yesterday and that's why I'm at the show today and I'm really happy to be here. That's all you need to connect. That mm-hmm. just that that re that real moment really, really hits you. And I think I experienced that more than ever in Korea. And the energy was unlike any city I've ever been to. And so mm-hmm. it was like the the fans' energy at the show, I was rebirthed. I feel like I literally came from the the ground like a phoenix wanting to wear yellow again. Everything. I was like at a very <laughs> low right before. So in a long, in a long story short sense. I think that I got just obsessed with Korea the second I walked in. <laughs> and I knew I would be, but it was a whole other level right after. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I, I think we could talk a little bit more about, you know, some of the friends that you've made a little bit later in in, in our conversation. Sure. But before we, you know, get there, let's just talk a little bit about how you got to where you are. Like, where are you from? What happened? Why are you such an incredible singer, songwriter, performer? Uh, Walk know. us through how you grew up. Man, I grew up in Hell's Kitchen, New York City. I got this um, tattoo that is everywhere. It's just a pitchfork, which Mm -hmm. represents where I'm from, and I carry it everywhere. Uh, And I grew up around, you know, around Broadway, musical theater. You know, I started doing theater when I was really young and seeing Broadway shows and reenacting them in my underwear and my living room table, (laughs) like The Lion King and all that. And I think that just was sort of the, the crux of who I, uh, who I developed into, you know, and, uh, and I'd listened to a lot of, Listen to a lot of soul music growing up, like pop music, of course, like Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears mm-hmm. and and all those homies. But uh, but then like Etta James and Marvin Gaye and and uh, and James Brown and and I think you throw all that in a little pot and I just kept doing that. I kept writing and doing musical theater shows and then some uh, some TV stuff and and it was and it was cool. I did like some Nickelodeon stuff and whatever else. But yeah, it always came back to music and I think I got to a certain place where I just said to myself somebody else will be so much happier just doing the movie or the TV thing. And uh-huh. I should be happy. And I really wasn't. I was so, like, I was, I just didn't like auditioning or being on set. And that's a huge part of it. Just like if you yeah. don't like writing, if you don't like writing songs or doing a lot of things we do as as artists, then maybe this isn't for you, you know? Every bit right. of the process is it. So in a, in a, in a, in a short sense, that's a, yeah, that's how it all developed. And here I am sitting here singing that's, songs. That's awesome. Weird. Um, what what was like, you know, growing up, were your parents always supportive of you doing music? Did you play, did you always play instruments? And um, what yeah. was like for you, when did it kind of click? Like, I can have a career being a musician. Like, I feel like yeah. everybody has one of those moments. Yeah, the moment, man. Yeah, it's such a, so, so true. I uh, I feel like they were always so supportive. My parents have been amazing. You know, I don't, I don't have one of those. I don't really, I'm sure it would help my story. I saw that Chris Leah special when he's talking about, how he's like, oh man, my childhood was so good. I need like some, I need some pain so I can really <laughs> use it in my artistry. But no, my parents are so cool. I was just an only child and they just loved me okay. and and like showed up to my camp with cookies and it was really, they were all, they were super uh-huh. nice. So uh, I, I always knew I loved it. They knew I caught the bug. But I think on the professional side, I, we moved from New York to Woodstock, which is like a hippie upstate town. Maybe people know about the Woodstock famous concert that happened. Moved up there and I started doing like youth theater. I started doing a bunch of random shows. 
And then I kept doing it. And I like mm-hmm. quit soccer and sports and stuff. And then around 13, I told my parents I wanted to go back to New York and go to like a performing arts high school. And I think that was that was the moment when I when I got into a school and moved back to New York that it yeah. was definitely, well, if I I felt this guilt, if I'm moving my parents, they loved like being in Woodstock and hanging out in the suburbs. So if they're coming here because of me, I better make it work. And, mm. uh, and my first real gig was this show, six, uh, 13 on Broadway when I was 16. And uh, it was cool. It was with like Ariana Grande and, and oh, wow. Liz, Liz Gillies. A bunch of cool people were in it. And we, uh, that was the moment. I think when I got that show, it felt like, okay, um, I had been auditioning for a few years and that was that was it. That was when we really dove in. You're in so it. Let's go, baby. You're it's in time. it. I can't be that's, that. I can't have my one gig at 16 and then never do it again. <laughs> so I better make this thing work. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so then when did you move out to L.A.? Moved out to L.A. when I was like, uh, when I was nine, 18. Yeah, 18. I okay. just uh, I dropped out at NYU. I was in school for three months and I, uh, and I got a random wow. uh, movie thing and they said I couldn't come back unless I would take a C. And I was like, all right, I'm out then. So I jumped out and I went to, uh, yeah, I went to L.A. when I got the pilot for my Nickelodeon show, How to Rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and I moved out here. And uh, yeah, I, I was doing this movie, Rags, and the show, I was just doing a bunch of stuff with Nick. And that was the mo- moment I moved out. And I've been yeah, in the same place for like 10 years, which is bizarre to start being able to say that. So yeah. Yeah, that's it's kind of weird how that creeps up on you. I just, I'm hitting almost 10 years in Korea, which is- wow. Which I was like, what? Because for me, I was like, I'm I'm gonna be here two three years, and I'm you know I'm leaving. But it's been yeah. almost ten years, which is kind of insane to me. Um, it's so cool that that's a part of your story because I know you're from Atlanta, and then moving there. Did yeah. you learn? Did you how did when? At what point did you learn Korean? Were you always fluent? How did no, that come about? My Korean was very elementary. Like it was mm-hmm. basically like I don't want to study. I'm hungry. Mom, leave me alone. That kind of <laughs> Korean. Um, when I got to Korea, I had to learn Korean to be on these TV shows. They kept putting me on shows and I didn't know what was going on. So I forced myself to like learn through cue cards and like understanding the scripts and just studying. So it, wow. it was a process. I had constant panic attacks now that I think about wow. it. Wow. Did you use did you use any apps or any action? did you was there was like Duolingo for you while no, you were doing I, that or no? I no, I just did a lot of um just like dictionary stuff. Mm. Because what it, what I realized is like, it's not so much the basic grammar or the words. It's like everyday speak stuff that I couldn't understand. Totally. Like just the way normal jargon or like in Korean, they have like yuhengo or like jaibumai, which is like just trendy words. Or they'll mm. cut like long phrases into three words to represent a certain thing. So they just hyphenate everything. So you, if you told me the word itself, I'd be like, oh, this is means yellow sweater. But they'll abbreviate that. So nobody would know what that means. So they have so totally. many of those that I had, I was just lost all the time. Um, totally. But now I feel, I feel okay now, you know. Good. Man, uh, props to you. I'm always learning like the little bits, like we tour, you know, you, I'm sure you do the same. You learn like four phrases in yeah. the different places. And then you're like, ah. Oh. And then I had a moment after Korea where I was like, I'm gonna learn Korean, man. I'm out here. Oh, really? And then, <laughs> and, then and then I'm just... Of all other things, I'm very ambitious, but with uh, languages, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then I just don't. I just try. And then I'm like, konsomnida. And that's it. Bye. Languages are hard. Hey, respect to those who 
have the, I think that's a big thing I always remind myself is like, if you have a drive where you know, where you want to, if you can learn five languages and it doesn't feel like work to you, that's what you're oh, meant man. to do. Like dig in. And if you can spend all day recording and writing music and doing this whole thing, that's do what you're you? meant to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't fight that because it feels right. Speaking of music, you're now putting out your second studio album very soon. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been about four years since your first one. What has happened in between? I read that you lost your voice. I did. I yeah. read that you went through some stuff, some ups and downs. Like yeah. what went into the building and the creation of this new album and why is it meaningful to you? Yeah, beautiful question, man. How I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah. I I did lose my voice. I had the surgery. A lot of singers go through it. Um uh, it's it's where you get um I had what's called a polyp. Some people get nodes. Just different mm -hmm. things. It's just from overperforming and over singing, and you know, it's just, uh, just I was just doing too many shows. I just loved it too mm. much. I was doing like, you know, I was doing like seven or eight in a row without a day off. Oh for my touring. gosh! It's just something that, I, and now I try to tell you know fellow performers just to take take care of yourself because in the moment you feel you feel invincible, and mm -hmm. um, and the people that I was with. We're like, oh, no, it makes sense for the routing and whatever else. You get a lot of different excuses from people being like, oh, you're going to lose all this money if you don't do this many mm -hmm. shows in a row. So I did it. And um, yeah, I got this surgery where I, I basically couldn't speak for four months. I, I didn't <sighs> speak on tour. I was on tour at the time when I found out I had it. And I didn't speak for the two months of the tour, except for the shows. So I was on the bus and I had this app called Big and I would just type to people in meet and greets and anything else. I learned sign, actually I learned sign language a lot. Wow. Besides of any language, I've learned sign language. And I still use it with my wife to like say little secret things, which is cute. Mm -hmm. But uh, but besides that, it was, um, it was being trapped in my head for basically four months. And then I had the surgery, couldn't speak for a month straight, no sound, nothing. And then I had a month where I started building it back. And then things started to get a little back to normal. And I'd say like five or four, for six, five or six months ago, I really got back to me. But it took okay. a long time. But uh, but yeah. it was definitely, I've learned to just really appreciate every mm -hmm. second I'm on, on stage, every show's as if my last, you know, it, it really did affect me in that way because before, maybe I was like, man, I'm so glad to be at the show, but like, I'm just doing this so I can get to an arena. You know, you just keep mm -hmm. thinking of the growth. Right. And it definitely made me present and thinking, well, if there's 500 people in this room or 5,000, I don't care. I'm going to give it the same amount. I'm going to I'm gonna give that Kobe. I'm going to give that Michael Jordan. You know, I've been right. watching those ESPN docs. Yeah. And it's definitely, you, you, you realize that it could be your last. So mm -hmm. give it, treat it every time like that. And, and I didn't before then. I was always just thinking about like, oh, I'm seeing my friends become huge. And I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm caring about that. And it and it really broke my priorities. So going through a little mm -hmm. trauma like that just makes you appreciate being able to do the thing you love doing. Apps. I mean, amen. I can I cannot fathom what that is like to have something that. I mean, essentially, as a performer, you rely on your voice for everything, right? Like yeah. it is your bread and butter. It's how you make your money. It's how you express yourself and it's it's a big embodiment of who you are as a person it's your identity and to have that stripped down is a very uh i would think like it could cause like an existential crisis in many ways like did you have any of those moments oh yeah man so many i mean i had 
my relationship was got suffered. You know, we had uh, mm-hmm. so many like fights where I wouldn't speak. I just have the app and I like <laughs> would type things to her and then she'd be yelling and you know, she just wanted me to speak. She was like, just talk to me for 15 minutes. People were always joking with her being like, oh, you must love this. You know, your husband isn't yeah. talking. She was like, no, I hate it. You have right. to speak to me. And I think that was definitely painful. And then there were some other things. Like I was with a certain, you know, people on my team for like five or six years. And then it went away when that, the second it happened, it, mm. those people went away and I got a whole new crew of people and it was because of the the surgery and that was that sucked too man all of it, it felt like the rug was just being pulled wait, like, wait, wait sorry so if i'm understanding once you had like i have this issue i have this health problem people that were around you kind of just bounced uh yeah in a way. i mean i don't think the, uh, the the long story short of it is they they were they were they're cool people and we're cool now but at the time I think they, it was a moment for them. Maybe mm-hmm. I, I always try to think of it from their end, but from my end, I find out about this and then I hear rumblings that they're going to, they don't want to work together anymore. Uh. And, and then I, I took the initiative and I was like, you know what? I don't want you to wait till I'm better. Yeah. So they weren't, they weren't evil people, but just to hear that, like they weren't in it with me, you know, uh-huh. in that moment, like that, that maybe took it away from them. Right. Uh, it killed me. So but sometimes, sometimes, you know, when it rains, it pours and you just have to really mm-hmm. sink your teeth in and, mm-hmm. and say, this moment in my life is going to change everything. Yeah. And I'm either going to seize the day. And it's and it's kind of interesting because it even affects this time right now, at least for me. I think mm-hmm. that happening, you just you just roll with the punches and you 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 pivot. You're like, how can I what can I do right now? Right. That I at that Absolutely. time it was I can't speak. I literally can't use my voice. I can't sing. So can I write? Can I write physically? It was, there were so many things that I just didn't realize I was doing mm-hmm. every day that suddenly when you're not doing it, you, yeah, you, you, you just, you just can't, your habits are gone and right. your, your daily routine is gone mm-hmm. and not being able to hum a melody or talk to your friends or anything like that. All yeah. those little things. You're like, how do I write music? I'm just writing in my head. It was weird. That's that's uh, fascinating. I'm glad you're through it. I'm glad you're recovered. Thank God. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, man. How so? During that time, I guess before, after, during, how did that affect this new album, um, Color Vision? Dude, it was some of the songs were recorded before. Some of them, most of them, were recorded after, and mm-hmm. that's why the first song I did right when I got out was this was Love Me Less, and mm-hmm. um, I put that song out and. It was sort of, I had written the song before, but the message of it was, I hope you don't love me less for mm. my past and what I've been through and mm-hmm. and for maybe not being here. And it was sort of a message to everyone, but to, to the fans especially of I had been silent for so long. I hadn't released music for a long time. And yeah. I just, I think it was a moment where I, I was talking to the new team I was with. And I was like, what should be the first song? And it really felt like a universe moment of, be the most vulnerable I can be rather than maybe mm. putting out like the, the sexiest track or whatever else, like put out the track that, that feels like it's, it's speaking directly to the people that maybe I haven't spoken to directly before. And that's why it started. And that's why I started wearing the yellow. Cause I came out of that surgery and I just had this vision when I was just trapped in my brain that I needed to have hope. Cause I was yeah. so, I had never been depressed. And I, you know, I, I was the first time I was actually, the lowest depressed and you know i i can never 
relate to people who, you know, are clinically depressed or have to take medicine. And, and I, I feel for them and I'm sorry that they go through that. And, but I definitely, I was in it for the first time where mm-hmm. I just need some hope. I just need to feel like there was something that I could dream about and that things maybe could get better. And that was mm-hmm. the color yellow to me. And I had never committed to something like that. So that's why I wore it. I've been wearing it ever since. There you go. Now we know. I was. I look at your your artwork, your photos. <laughs> They're all beautifully shot. And I was like, "That's a lot of yellow." That's a lot of yellow. <laughs> no, but it's it, it's a good yellow. It's a bold, energetic, <laughs> charismatic yellow. And I feel like that that really well embodies where you're coming from. Oh, thanks, um, yeah, absolutely. So you put out "Love Me Less," and then most recently, not most recently, and then you put out "Where Am I At?" Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That I mean that's a very emotional song in itself as well. Like, yeah. where did that come from? Oh, uh, that was just a really, you know, I lost one of the close, my hero in my life and my family. Um, mm. She passed away. She was 103, which was cool. Oh, that wow. She definitely lived a great life. But I think she was always there. And I, I had older parents growing up. So like everybody passed away in my life, you know, mm-hmm. very young, five, yeah. six, seven, eight. And so I was just used to death in an early age. But mm-hmm. she was one of the last people that, um, really got to be there to meet my wife and actually know mm-hmm. a life that that felt real. And so when she passed away, I think it was the first time it really hit me that mm. I was just, I didn't know who I was. And then I cycled forward. I was like, what is it going to be like when my parents pass away? What's going to be like all yeah. of those people? So it's a little depressing, but it definitely was the song that came out of me questioning who I am and who any of us are when those people who are a part of us are gone mm-hmm. and you try to carry them with you, but but you ultimately are, you know, you're 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 trucking on without them and you question if you're gonna be the same person when they're gone. Right. So that's where it came from. Right. Um it's a beautiful song. And I think I think that's like the really cool thing about so much of your music. It's deeply personal. It's deeply vulnerable and honest. And that's probably why it's such a, a good reaction to it globally. Um, oh, thanks, man. Same to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You the goat, uh, baby. You the goat. <laughs> no. um, so, and then most recently, you put out a new song with Haley Kiyoko. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little about that? I mean, that's a very fun collaboration. Um, I'm also excited to see all these new collaborations. I keep. I I oh, yeah. don't know anything, <laughs> but I have an inkling that you have a lot packed and stored away for this well, album. We get to talk about some of it today. Finally, okay, I think. All right. I think the I think the K-pop fans will be happy because um, they've been pissed at me. <laughs> Not gonna lie, they hate me teasing, but I tease everything. That's the thing. Yeah. I think. I, I, sometimes I, I'm not even gonna lie. Sometimes I see people like defending. That's why I love the honesty of K-pop fans. Cause like one person's like, oh, he's just chasing the cloud. And the other one's like, nah, he's really friends with this person. And then they mm. just like keep going back and forth. I'm like, I don't even have to say anything. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for going <laughs> back and forth. But I love, I love teasing it. Cause it's like, it's all I have for a bit. And I also just enjoy the process of, cause once it's mm-hmm. out, you can't tease that anymore. Teasing no. is one of the best parts of putting it's out music. It's the fun part. It's, yeah. a, it's a give and take, push and pull with, with the fans, with the music community, just like I have this amazing song, I can't wait for you to hear it, but I'm just gonna savor this excitement of me being the only person that knows totally. until it's out there. Yeah. You know, and it, there's another part of it, and I know you know how this feels when you go to a city for a show. And then you do the show and then everybody comments on it saying like, oh, you were in Toronto? How did I not know? And you're like, I don't know, from the 30 posts that I've put up about this freaking tour yeah. and, you know, me yeah. teasing this tour nonstop yeah. and you didn't know. Like, 
how did you even see this one post? Right. That will forever kill every artist, I think. It's it's, I, the- it's a it's a it's infuriating because I'm like, <laughs> I've literally made everything possible and accessible to you on every platform to say I'm coming to your city. And then they're like, I just missed you by a week. I wish you had told me. It's like this has been out for five months. <laughs> like, is- and they see and they see that post. Of all posts, mm-hmm. they comment on the post of you being there. It's just always the the moment where you just, it never stops happening. So I think in the same way it's with music, it's like, I don't want you to have an excuse to say you didn't know this was yeah. coming out or Fair. you didn't hear it. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tell like, you know, this new song with Haley, how did that come about? Yeah. Like, what's it about? Um, and then maybe we could dive into some of the upcoming stuff. Totally, man. You're so good at keeping it on track. I just want to compliment your hosting. <laughs> well done, baby. Thank you, sir. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Uh, Miss Cosmo's great. Haley and I have been friends for so long. When I moved out to LA, she brought me on this epic hike in Malibu um, mm. for my first time. She was doing the Disney thing. I was doing the Nickelodeon thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we both wanted to be, we had both had very similar aspirations. We wanted to do music and not do that thing for a sec, you know? So we yeah. became friendly. I asked her to actually be on Love Me Less a long time ago. And ah. she wasn't, it didn't, it was before Quinn had heard it himself and jumped on. And she was like, I don't think this is the one, but keep hitting me up. So finally, uh, about like two and a half months ago, Miss Calls was one of the last songs on the record that I wrote. And uh, and I hit her up and I was like, hey, I think a female needs to be on this. And it would be really cool because your story, you know, your sexuality and your who you are, I haven't really heard a song like that, you know? Mm-hmm. That would be cool. And she was like, Say no more. I'm in. I'm coming over. I'm gonna yeah. write it with you. Yeah. She came over and uh, and we dove in. And I loved this sort of you know like this 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 bisexual anthem of sorts we were j- mm-hmm. diving into together. It didn't even mean to. I wrote the song first with my guys Jake and Johnny, and then and then asking her to be a part of it. So it's cool when you collaborate and the song evolves into something. Yeah. You didn't necessarily intend it to be in the beginning. Yeah. And then it just becomes that. So yeah, it was it was really cool. And she put her story on and uh we just did the quarantine video uh on Friday before the weekend, which was man, I've been uh I don't have you been doing any videos like, like for your music while you've been in this crime? I have not. Tell me about what you did. How did it uh, go? We'll see, man. It's still the process. You guys will all see it with me, but I was all I could think. I was like, I need to stay in the world I've created with Color Vision. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just throw an animated video. It was so important to me not to break the authentic, you know, just just the the connection of each video. I really mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that the color scheme and everything was on. So yeah. I knew that I couldn't use my usual people. I only have my one guy who's videoing in quarantine with me. Uh-huh. So I just brainstormed for like three weeks about different ideas. And I ended up thinking about this one where basically we're, all right, I'm going to give the video away, but who cares? Just for, it's an exclusive. (laughs) Exclusive. Um, But but we'll see how it turns out. People will know from this. Basically, I had the idea of what if we shoot us on our colorful backgrounds in our outfits, and then I send it to my guy who I did the checklist video in Sacramento with, and he shoots his people. And basically the idea is we shot our faces on these backgrounds and then they're going to have body doubles that are through our faces are on actual TVs and they mimic our movements and like go in and out and utilize the rest. So we're still seeing if it works out, but it's been such a different, it's been a challenging process, but I'm kind of excited because it definitely, this time has warranted new challenges. I wouldn't be making this, this specific video if it weren't 
these circumstances. So yeah. it's been, I mean, I, I was painting backdrops. I was like doing so much more than I ever do for videos. I was lighting it with my guy. We're just, you know, <laughs> duoing with Haley in the room, her makeup person like out in the driveway with a mask on. It was just, we were just trying to keep it as safe as possible. But us switching out in the rooms, everywhere's wearing masks. It was, it was intense, but I'm, you know, I think it'll be even more rewarding if it works out. And if it doesn't, I mean, we tried, so whatever. I'm so <laughs> excited to see this now. Like, it's, that's like the, you know, this situation obviously just sucks for everybody, but it forces people to be more creative and to approach yeah. things from completely different angles. And I think that's like, you know, the silver lining in all of this to see a video that's going to be coming out where you guys have a crazy process and setup. I'm now I know I have to absolutely watch it. By the way, speaking of your videos, I feel like are always just so entertaining. Um, Thank you, brother. I don't know what it is, but I just I'm just like, this is so just fun to watch and the colors and the schemes and the and the outfits. And I just always think it's so well done. So I'm sure this will be oh, thank just you, right up there. I'm um, sure you're the same way because you have all of your own shows and you just, you just, you just, you're just moguling it up, baby. But like, it's hard to, you want to do it. You're, there's, an, there's definitely an obsessive compulsive sense of just <laughs> wanting all the details to be right. And it just, it just adds to it. Do it you works. feel that way? I personally, um, I feel like I try, but I've, gotten to a point where I have to just let things go now like yeah, I will take it too. to a certain point and I rely on the people around me to bring it that extra certain percentage if they can't then like what are you gonna do I've just the, learned to yeah to live with it the trust um, is so important man yeah it, it, yeah more than ever with the people that you work with to make sure yeah. that you really are like I'll give you this baby and I trust yeah. that you will feed it and not drop it. Take care <laughs> of it please don't um, drop my baby on its head please do not um <laughs> So what's up next? I mean, tell us a little bit more about what we can look forward to uh, on this album in particular. Or, or, or before we get there even, is there a certain message that you want to convey with this new album? And and here's a question. You spelled color the UK way. I Explain did. yourself. There are two reasons why I spelled color right. the UK way. For one, my wife is British. And the second is that I think I've always felt like I've kind of fit into a bunch of little boxes, a bunch of different places, I guess, cultures, mm -hmm. whatever. And and I've always liked being able to do that, but I've never really felt a sense of my own community, I guess. And and sometimes that gets to me. Like, I I, I love that I can, you know, maybe open for Fall Out Boy and those fans won't hate me and maybe they'll dig mm -hmm. the thing. But I, I, I always wondered what it would be like for people you know, who have just a very specific community of fans. Like if they're a punk rock group and like those fans show up and they know what they're coming for. And I guess being a pop artist, sometimes you, you're you like, do, do you have that? And mm -hmm. for me, I think with this record, it was before this album, I was with those people I talked about earlier in the interview where they were always telling me like, get mohawks and like try to fit in places. And uh -huh. the, the cliche just comes true where I just never really felt I was always trying to be authentic in that, but it wasn't authentic to me. Mm -hmm. And with with this record, I think specifically even the name, it was not afraid to maybe be a little little bit off. And it's okay mm. that you don't fit into all those boxes right. fully. And maybe you don't have a box at all. And maybe the box that is not any of the boxes is where you fit. And that's that's okay too. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I find. I'm 28. I mean, I'm gonna be 28 in June, and I'm finally accepting that. And it it's one of those moments where you just 
you just, it, there's a sad part of it because you feel like, why didn't I just do this like 10 years ago? Why didn't I just uh -huh. like be cool to not fit in that box? But finally the the box where everybody else is is uh, maybe trying to dip their feet in is the one that you feel the most comfortable with it. And maybe it's a box that hasn't been created yet. And that's sort of yeah. what I hope to make with this with this with this record and that 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 community of just letting those colors shine if you wear yellow and everybody hates the yellow that's okay you know whatever it is so <laughs> i think for some reason with this one and i think it was because of the surgery and being out on my own for the first time and feeling like kind of this rebirth because these people had essentially said they didn't dig my thing anymore and they didn't believe in me that's what it mm -hmm. felt like and for mm -hmm. whatever other reason and when you hear yeah. that from someone especially being, you know, being a singer, an artist or a creative, like we're sensitive, we're more sensitive than people realize. You, mm -hmm. We put up this, maybe we try to be, maybe we try to be moguls and like have so, our feet dipped in different places. And yeah, but, but, but we, we're so, we're, we have like such a gushy heart. And I think yeah. this record for me, and even having that extra you to, to spell it in the British way was just, was just saying, I'm finally accepting that this isn't as as normal as everybody yeah. wants it to be. And that's that's okay. And I'm happy with that. So that's yeah, the I'm, vibe. That's amazing. I'm glad that you're getting to the point where you're putting these pieces together and you're feeling comfortable with all that. I have a I have a question for you that's uh so when it comes to pop music, right? Yeah. I feel like it's I don't know what it is, it's a perception of pop and pop music that I personally love pop music, but I often find myself apologizing for liking pop music, which feels insane to yeah, me. Yeah, you feel right? guilty about it, totally. Right, and then even as like somebody who writes pop music, when you talk to labels or you talk to A&Rs or whatever, it's always like, don't, like pop is just the hardest thing to sell, right? Mm -hmm. um, for For so many different reasons, but, how have you come to terms with some of the difficulties and the challenges that exist mm. being a just center pop player? And I yeah. mean that in the best way. Like, totally, man. You know, what are your I, thoughts on that? I think it just, it ended up being the proof a few, a few times that I just had to stop thinking it was going to be something that hadn't happened yet and just realized that, you know, with Lights Down Low, for example, um, that was another example of, you know, a very, a very, the, one of the most pop songs for me that I wrote and I wrote it for my wife and I proposed to her with it. And that was a story that I, I always tell people because at the time I was with a place where they wanted me to date famous girls and not reveal mm. my relationship. And they were like, you're a pop star. You have to be single and mm. you got to be dating other famous girls. Like that's the only way to do it. And I was like, oh, I can't do that. So like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I just can't lie and I'm not gonna fake a life. So I'm not gonna do that. And I guess if I'm not as big of a pop star, that's okay. And yeah. that that proof moment of that song being so pop and being so honest at the same time and almost being like, oh, maybe like these rappers that I meet won't think it's the coolest thing or they won't, they won't fuck with my music because of it having that moment and then that song getting to a place where people connected with it in so many mm -hmm. ways in such a deep way and continue to that yeah. was a proof moment and then with love me less even like that 
being having that message and having people be like, I don't know if you can have a pop song where you're like, I hope you don't love me less for stuff. Mm-hmm. I just kept having people in the in the game that I respected who would yeah. who would say to me, I don't think this song is gonna work. Uh-huh. And being like like what you just said, oh, it's it's too pop. There was another song that I had that was called Slow Dancing to a Trap Song that I didn't write and that the, all the powers that be were like, this is the hit. You have to put this out. And I was like, this is not, I don't like this. And it's not yeah. me. I'm gonna have to sing this every day. And by the way, it's not pop. It sounds like a trap song that you're trying to have a pop person sing, <laughs> yeah. you know? So the point being that every time I tried to steer away from that and be like, maybe if I do this, people will like it more. It just mm-hmm. kept failing. And then the, yeah. the few moments where I just accept that I love pop music and I love the stories and I love the hooks and I love the brightness in certain moments, those were the moments that people connected with the most. So it felt yeah. like, why do I keep fighting this? It felt like yeah. you keep you keep looking at this other girl, but the love of your life has been right by your side right the there. whole time, you know? Why are you, why are you ashamed yeah. of her? She's the best. Yeah. She's got a beautiful heart and spirit. She's her name's pop music, and she's a great girl. <laughs> and just love her for who she is, dog. Stop being that's, a jerk. That's great. You know, I I love that we're able to talk about it because I feel I personally feel the same way. Yeah, do you? Um, even in Korea, they're like, your stuff is too pop. Your stuff is too white. Your stuff is too American. You're what? I was like, I don't really care. I like pop <laughs> music. I love yeah. pop music, and I don't want to have to justify. The fact that I like pop music and I want to perform pop music. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I wanted to ask that because I'm like, that's something that I feel like as musicians, it can even just be weird to talk about. Like yeah. that sentiment, you know, but it's something that for people who just really love music, who really appreciate pop music, I feel like that's a, a part that they may not see so much of. Uh, totally. So totally. I'm, I'm so glad you articulated that. In such a <laughs> an eloquent way that I understand as well. Oh, um, I'm glad you feel it, baby. I'm glad. Yeah, you feel I feel it. you. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, so brothers. okay. Let's go. Next up, I I keep hearing rumblings. I can't say it myself, but I've heard it from you. I've heard it from this other guy that there's some <laughs> cool projects coming through. Let's go. What can you share with us about said? cool project. Gosh. Well, I know, you know, as people know, sometimes you pre-record these. We're pre-recording. I don't know when this is coming out, but it could be out by now. It could not. I think it's probably out. But yeah, I, um, I've i been, I have this song that's out with Suga on his mixtape. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, we've been working on it for a while. You know, that story with them, with the BTS guys is so it's just so long in the making. It's mm-hmm. wild. That's how I was even introduced to K-pop, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. It was like, Four years ago, when I just saw a song, a feature I had with this friend of mine, Audi, and called One More Weekend, was suddenly number one in Korea. And I mm. had no idea why. I was like, what's going on? Do you guys know what's up? Because I really liked the song and I didn't feel like his label was pushing it. So I kept sending them things. I was like, yo, did you guys see his number one in Korea? Like, let's go. And then I found out it was because at the time I didn't know who he was. Jungkook from BTS had sang it in a live and really liked the song and said mm. that he loved it. I was like, yo, who's got the power to put a song number one in their country <laughs> by just singing it? Who are these guys? Yeah. So then I dove in. I was like, all right, I'm ARMY. What's going down? Who is this? And so fast forward, every few months, uh, he or, you know, Suga eventually would post in their playlist about a song, you know, 
And it ended up being Love Me Less. Most recently, both of them posted in their playlist on Spotify. So I gave some mm-hmm. love on, on Twitter, whatever else is always, just being like, thank you for posting it. So then when I went to Korea, hit them up and I was like, I'm coming to Korea for the first time. If you can hang out, that'd be so cool. And I didn't know what I'd, I expected. I thought we would just like maybe take a picture and I'd just be like, thanks for listening to the music. But I get to the, you know, the big hit offices and I kick it with Suga and we just both randomly got into basketball and I'm such an obsessive Knicks fan. And it's so, it's kind of like being a pop music lover. Being a Knicks fan, are you into basketball at all, Eric? Do you like <laughs> I'm basketball? I'm not very much into basketball. Totally but I, cool. I, I feel what you're saying. I know where you're going. The, Go Hawks for are, it. the Hawks are pretty bad too. So, the, like you, dude, you guys. here's the thing: growing up as an Atlanta sports fan is the most painful thing. If there's a reason to quit sports, it's being from Atlanta because you're let down every single year. Man, I feel like this is it. This is, and that's how I feel in New York. You know, the Knicks are like just for, and then the only team I care about. So somehow I got into that with him, and he. I just didn't know he was obsessive. And then I come to find out that Sugar means shooting guard and like he's played basketball in high school and stuff. And I didn't know any of this. But then we went hard. And I was like, when you come to LA, I'm going to bring you to a basketball game. So anyway, fast forward, I brought him to his first basketball game. It was actually the night of Kobe's tribute. It, mm. I had no idea. I just got the tickets for that night. And it was such a special night. And all the while we kept talking about doing music. But that was like the night he brought me to Korean barbecue and we just kicked it and... and uh and we've definitely said to each other, like, we're making music. This is, it's time. And he sent me a song for, for his mixtape. And we've been writing it ever since for like, you know, like four months or whatever it is, three months. And now it's finally out, which is That's cool. That's so cool. That's awesome. Um, I, it's so cool because I feel like I've watched the two of you like court each other from both sides. <laughs> I, I That's love such it. a weird thing. But hey, literally, man. because- even when uh, you were in Seoul and Sugar went to see you, I think we had texted about you or something. Oh, and yeah. then the day before you guys went to basketball, I had dinner with him in K Town. So we had dinner. I was like, "What are you up to this weekend?" He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to watch a, a basketball game with Max tomorrow." I was like, "Oh, Max and I were just texting like the other day about like trying to write together." So it was like we kept going in circles, and I was like, "Something's gonna happen." It's gonna be freaking awesome. Let's go. And baby. here it is. So I'm Let's so go. excited that that it's it's together. It's yes. out there. And uh K-pop fans can stop being mad at me. <laughs> I'm sorry for teasing for so long. They just they just want it. They just want that quality music. They, they want that do. content. They just want to make sure you ain't full of it. You know, they're like, don't yeah. don't try to tease me and then just put out a song in Korean and you don't have my idol on that song. You know, don't mess with me like that. I'll never forgive you. But now they can forgive. It's real, you know? Oh, and I man. will say the other part of it was I thought that my album was coming out this month. But, mm-hmm. you know, because of everything that's happened, uh, it's coming out in September now. So it's just like, it's it's been tricky. So I was teasing in thinking that, you know, all the music would be out this month. So right. Uh, right. that was the other part of teasing. Uh, but now this song is out and it feels glorious that it is out. Mwah. That's so amazing. Good. That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Um as we're recording this, it has not come out yet. So just to say, I'm super excited to to hear it. Yeah. Did you record in Korean? A little bit. Yeah. Oh I my to, gosh. I kept text. I texted. So um, somebody uh, he works with this amazing woman named Nicole. Um, she's sort of even when I hang with with him, she's like the most incredible and just quick translator too. Yeah. Like it. It feels I. 
have never experienced that in any country where I truly feel like I'm just having a one-on-one conversation with someone uh-huh. and there's no translator there at all. So she's been the she's been the middle person for this whole process. And even when I was singing, I was like, what's he singing here? Because I want to double it on top of it. And she mm-hmm. told me, and it's in my notes, but I, I forget what I sang. Um, what was it? Um, but but anyway, it was it was it was fun. I uh, anytime I put out one of those teasing things, it literally is because in that moment I do the thing, and then I mm. think people, and then I think people thought you know I was like saving it. No, in that moment I sang in Korean. I was like, I'm gonna do this a lot more. Let's go. Do you remember the first <laughs> time you you sang in Korean? What that was like? Um, stressful. Yeah, very stressful. I still remember like my first time ever being in a studio singing a Korean song. It was like the worst experience of my life. It was just, <laughs> I was just so stressed because they'd be like, you're pronouncing everything wrong. And I was like, I, it sounds exactly the same to me. <laughs> and they're like, no, you're, it's completely wrong. And so I remember whenever I go into a studio to record in Korean, I'm like super paranoid and like incredibly nitpicky just to make sure that I get it perfect. So nobody can say, I don't know what you're saying. Um, so, yeah, totally. Happened for like three, four years of my, for the beginning of my career. Wow. I put out a song and they're like, we have no idea what you're saying. I was like, what? <laughs> it sounds I, it exactly makes complete like sense. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, but wow. okay. Um, but I know, so, we know how that feels in English because sometimes you do hear, you know, foreign artists sing a song in English mm-hmm. and you're like, I wonder if they know that the word they said there definitely sounds very different than what we <laughs> usually sing it as. Or if they are like, what are you guys talking about? This sounds exactly like ice cream. Why yeah. are y'all thinking being weird about it? You know? Right. Right. No, it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. But it's I think part of the it's, game. it's part of the game. And I think cool thing is, you know, as music and as the world becomes more globally aware, mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff continues to just kind of fall off. And it doesn't matter totally. as much anymore. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I know we're all kind of in like a weird situation with mm-hmm. quarantine and all that kind of stuff. I guess for the for foreseeable future, you're just kind of working on rolling this album out in September. Yeah. What else are you kind of doing? Gosh, well, I'm you know I'm, I'm gonna keep the K-pop teasing going. You know, this okay. isn't the only one. Obviously, okay. there's there's more, and I'm figuring out like the video for the next one because that's gonna come out in a couple mm-hmm. months, and I'm just really trying to get ahead of it with. I'm just assuming at this point it'd be great to be back to normal and way we usually do videos and stuff. Yeah. But I'm just gonna for the foreseeable future try to stay creative on how to keep making yeah. this this content in the way we want while being in the situation we're in, you know? So absolutely. Yeah, it's been, yeah, the album I've did a bunch, I've done a bunch of different fun features because the album was supposed to come out this month and I already had them done. So uh-huh. I have like I have more music this year than I've had coming out in so many years. And I already have the second record, uh, next project or the, whatever, the next project after this where we've been working on that because this one's been done. So You are prolific, sir. I can't have that four-year gap again. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> true, true, can't true. Happen. How about you? Are you working on a, you working on a, on a so, new thing in this? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm supposed to put something out in Korea, um, probably July. Ooh. And then uh, beyond that, I'm trying to figure it out. I'll fill you in later. But it's uh, interesting times. So it's like a lot of moving pieces, trying to put the pieces together. Um, Mm. But right now, I'm just kind of putting my head down and trying to get this next Korean one out. So you just release it it in Korea, you're saying? Or you release it everywhere? But I release everywhere, but it'll lead with Korean language. So like the last album was all English. 
um, which is the first time I did that. This one will be majority Korean. Mm. Um, it's it's interesting. Like there's no right answer, but always playing between the different languages just to keep you know fans in certain geographic areas. Um, you know, interested because yeah. for my Korean fans, they love my English stuff, but they still want to be like, I want to understand it and not have mm-hmm. to run a translator through. And so, um, you know, that's where I started in trying to keep, you know, that appreciation and show that love for people that uh, in Korea as well. I think it's totally. just important. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Just kind of, kind of what it is. Um, just <laughs> non-music related stuff. Yeah. What are you watching these days? Like what it's, what's, oh yeah. What have you been up to otherwise? Man, I binge it all. Um, so I have my two two styles of shows. I got shows that I watch with my wife. Uh-huh. And then I have shows that I watch when she falls asleep. <laughs> um, the shows I watch when she falls asleep are The Bachelor. That's it. I just watch every season of The Bachelor. <laughs> I've nev- I never watched The Bachelor until quarantine. It became... Okay. I've just like... I started looking up like, what's the best season of The Bachelor? So I've just uh-huh. been bouncing around... Which has been weird because certain seasons like have people from other seasons. And then I'm like, oh, snap. Uh-huh. I watched this out of order or whatever. And then the shows with Emily, we watch um, we watch Insecure. We watch John Oliver. We watch… Okay. Uh, what what did we binge during this time? We've been watching that new Hollywood show on Netflix, which is cool. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah. We watched that. We watched the Waco show on Netflix. You know what? How is that? I haven't seen that oh. yet. Great. Gnarly. Is it? No, okay. It's a, that might I be my the, next one. The leading actor is one of those guys that you've seen him in so many things where he's just like the hunk, you know, he's just like uh-huh. the go- the gorgeous leading man. But he's done a, such a great job of looking still handsome but like creepy. And you, you uh huh. And I love when leading actors can do that. I love when they just kind of get themselves looking like kind of frail and creepy, like Christian Bale when he when he did oh, that. Yeah. You know, just, it's like. Oof. Oof. So it's been cool because that show was definitely graphic, but really, I, I love the way they shot it. And this got so many great actors. John Leguizamo's in it. Just just a, a slew of, you know, legends mm-hmm. just doing their things. And then I always, of course, love just when people, it's a, based on a true story. And it seems like they yeah. really, they really dug into it. It doesn't, okay. feel, it feels, yeah. So that's a good one if you're, in, if you've been right. on the fence. I've been on the fence. I've seen it pop up. I'm like, eh, I don't know what it is. Do I want to jump in? And I, I, I've been there, but you, you got me there. I'll watch it. You're gonna have to binge it though. It's one of those. You're just okay. gonna, you're gonna dive in. You know, just lock away for a few days. You know, are there, are there any that you would recommend that are just the best oh, right now? Oh man, I've been really enjoying that Last Dance, the Michael Jordan oh, thing. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else have I been watching? Uh, yesterday, I went on a National Geographic Planet Earth kind of binge. Nothing. Just the the world is beautiful. And even if you've seen it before, just watching, I was like, gosh, how do they get those shots? And Dude. Sir David Attenborough, you got an amazing narrative voice. That's all I'm gonna say. Just yeah. the god, the god of 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 nature shows, truly. It, he truly is. Um oh. before, you know, I think we're gonna let you go. Yeah. Um we've been talking for almost an hour now, but amazing. Anything you want to say, anything you want to plug, I have one question before you do that. Sorry. I have one question and then I'm going to go into one question. A lot of fans are asking, mm-hmm. um, obviously, the song with Suga is out now. Yes. What's next for you in K-pop? Anybody you want to collab with? Anybody that you're listening to? Yeah. Who, you know, who are you loving? Totally. Well, obviously, this is 
one song with Sugar, and you know, we I love the guy, so there might mm-hmm. be more. I'll just say that. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, but I have, like, we talked about sort of the beginning. Once I went to Korea, I felt like it like was the Pandora's box of Ben knowing so uh-huh. many people started coming out of the woodworks. And I was like, dang, this is cool. So like. Joshua from Seventeen has been mm-hmm. giving love to Checklist specifically, and and I got hooked up with the Day Six guys like Jay and everybody, and I was okay. just like, oh, everybody, it's really cool. And and yeah. Young K, he did a he did a cover of Love Me Less. So I just feel like I'm Korean now. I'm just gonna like move there <laughs> like you did. I'm just like it's cool over there. I'm just I'm just come on my, over. It's my squad now. Let's go. So uh, yeah, it's who knows, man. I I've, I've definitely uh, oh my god, and I think this is how you pronounce his name, but. Zico, right? Is that yeah, how you Zico. pronounce his name? Yeah. Dude, that that any song song came yeah. to my attention a couple months back and I gave him some love. I was like, dude, this I don't even know what you're saying and I'm obsessed with this song. <laughs> I think that was one of the other first moments of K-pop, specific not even, you know, when there's English moments. That was one of the first songs for me where I was like, this is the jam and I'm mm. obsessed with this song. Yeah. And I have no idea what's happening, but I just am in. So yeah. I gave him some love and he he hit me back on Insta saying like, yo, thanks, you're the Acid Dreams guy. Which is very funny, by the way. I didn't even mention that. Like I had this song on the album called Acid Dreams, which, you know, was sort of to me like an album track that we put yeah. out. And in, in the States when we did shows, like people dig it. It's a funky track, but there wasn't like a crazy reaction. But the second we went to Korea and Asia, it was like, that was the one. That was really the, that was the hit song for them. They like... I'd sing lights down low or love me less and people would be stoked. But then for some reason in Japan and in Korea, I sang that song and the crowd went wild. And I was, <laughs> and it's funny because my partner, Ryan, who I, you know, I do all my music with and he tours with me and stuff. That was the first one he's produced for me. So it's cute oh. to be on stage and actually have a moment together where we looked into the crowd and everybody was stoked about this song that we just did together. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, this is fire. I'm loving this. So he was so it's funny that he of all songs, he's like, Oh yeah, yeah your song is Acid Dreams. I'm like, that I'm usually, you know, it's, it's nice to be referred to as something different than what you're used to being, like the, right, the right, Lights right. Hello guy or Loving Less guy. Do you ever feel like that with people? Do they refer to you as from like one song? Or Yeah, I mean, I think it's you know, over the span of the career, there are certain songs that people gravitate to of course. at certain points. So, I mean, most recently, it's going to be probably Love Die Young, where people are like, mm-hmm. oh, that one. But then, like, in Korea, it'll be my first song ever, my debut song, or a song called Good For You. So it's just different geographic locations absolutely have different things that people attach themselves to, which totally. is fascinating. Interesting. It, it really, that was really the first one for me. I've literally nowhere else had, like, a It just was, I feel like the the Lights Down Low reaction was like, oh, this is a nice one. And then that mm-hmm. one was like, oh, it's Acid <laughs> Dreams. This is my jam. And, I, and we just, every night we were like, what's happening? How is this going down? So anyway, yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I love that people like the funkier side over there. You know, mm. those are my favorite songs too. So it's cool that they, they like the funky stuff. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> well, Max, it's been an absolute pleasure Dude, speaking so with you, catching this- up. This is our first time really talking, which it is. people probably don't even know. And we're We've just texted back and forth regularly, <laughs> but like, you know, connecting via voice, probably the first time. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a pleasure. Um, Such thanks a pleasure, for dude. making time. And Thank you, uh, man. yeah, <laughs> anything, anything you want to say to our listeners, plug, push, whatever, this is the time. Go for it. 
Oh man, I'm just delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, Color Vision, the record comes out September 18th now. It's not going to get pushed again, I promise. The vinyls <laughs> will be ready by then. I'll have them okay. signed. All the songs will be good. Um, that's the reason why I had to push it because, um, you know, vinyls and CDs take longer and, you know, the world shut down so they right. couldn't make them. Right. Anyway, yeah, I got that album coming out and uh, I just uh, I just shouts to the K-pop fans because, uh, you know, I know they've been hating me for a while and I, I feel like this is now going to be a, a moment where they're like, oh, you teased for a reason. So yeah. I hope I hope y'all got love again. And, and I just, no, I'm yeah, sure thanks, they, thanks they all love me. you. They all love you. They <laughs> just, they just in anticipation for all this amazing music. So that's what it is. I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate it. Can't wait to, you know, stay in touch. Um, before we let you go, yeah. can we ask you to improvise an amazing outro jingle for mm. the show? Let's go. K-pop day back with Eric Nam. You've been listening. You love K-pop too. So that's why we're here and we love you. Cool. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Max. It's Thank been you, a brother. pleasure. I'll see you soon. I appreciate you, brother. Be healthy. Same. Be safe. I'll talk to you soon. Much love, brother. Peace. Bye. Thank you. All right. So that was it. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of K-Pop Tebak with Max. Um, great guy. Amazing musician. Check out his stuff and be sure to look out for all the projects coming soon from him. Um, as always, please, please, please subscribe to us, leave us a nice rating review, and become a patron of ours at patreon.com slash divestudios, and check out the videos at youtube.com slash divestudios. Love you guys. See you next week on K-Pop Tebok. Peace. Outro! Thank you for listening to K-Pop Tebok with Eric Nam. British Airways is proud to welcome you to our home, to the thrills of London and the hills of Scotland, to delicious roasts and stunning coasts. Then explore Paris and Madrid and roam around Europe. Devour the art and savour the food, or just shop and shop until you flop into bed. Take off to Britain and beyond. Book now for 2021 and change later with our flexible booking options. Terms apply. Visit ba.com for details. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.